Welcome to the latest podcast from Greyfriars Church in Reading. Our vision is to see Reading transformed by the love and power of Jesus. You can find out more on our website, greyfriars.org.uk. Enjoy. Great. Well, good morning, everybody. I've got my glasses with me in case I can't see my notes. So if they're on or off, I've got dealt with the mask this morning, so we should, should be fine. Well, it's great to be here, whether you're um, sitting at home with a coffee on the sofa and the kids are running riot, or whether you're here in church where it's really quite peaceful, um, it's really great to, to be together. Now, we know that this morning is an all-age service. Now, that, for me, is a really tricky ask. Let's be frank about it. Who's our youngest member, do you think, here this morning? I think it might be George's little sister. How old is George's little sister? Eight months. Okay. Can anybody tell, who is the oldest person? Okay, don't, don't answer that. Maybe some of you are more mature and you can answer these things at home. But it's really tricky, isn't it, when we are sharing this morning just to pitch it quite right. So I'm going to pray now and ask that God would come among us and that he would actually speak to each one of us where we are at, whether we are a toddler or whether we are, shall we say, more mature or something in between. I'm going to put myself in that bracket, even though I've just had a birthday. Okay, so Heavenly Father, let's pray together. Father, we thank you for this time together. We thank you for your word, and we thank you that we have this opportunity just to um, hear from you. And we pray that your Holy Spirit would come and that you would use the words that I share this morning and that they would uh, go deep into our lives, that we would connect more with you and know more of you this morning. Amen. Amen. So, we're going to be um, continuing our series where we've been looking over the summer, uh, focusing on Jesus' invitation in Matthew 11, uh, 28 to 30. And thank you uh, to Peter who read that again um, this morning for us. But I thought we'd start with a bit of a quiz. Now, I'm quite uh, clear that I did not want to practice this on my husband because I know there would have been a lot of tension in our house afterwards. So you're going to be able to, there's not going to be marked on it, uh, and you're not going to have to share your answers, but what I ask you to be is truthful. And then to ask your children, are you being truthful in terms of these questions? So... Neelai's going to put um, some of the slides. going to put the first uh, one up. There it is. Now, I'm going to have to read off my notes. Have a read of that. You're in the supermarket queue behind somebody who's really slow. Do you, A, okay, complain under your breath? Do you go to another checkout? Or do you help them with their shopping and say, and wait patiently and say, never mind. What would you do? Turn to the people next to you and have a look. Okay, how, how do we get on with that one? 
Okay, any, any tension? Nobody's left the building yet. What about number two? Let's have a quick look at that one. Okay, this is one I can really identify on holiday, can't we, Steve? Yep. Okay, you're on holiday and you've lost your way. Do you argue about who read the map wrong? Do you keep trying different roads and just hope for the best? Or do you actually stop and ask anyone? Okay, have a quick conversation. Okay, all right, so we'll, we'll move on to number three. War hasn't broken out yet. Okay, so number three. Your football team has lost the cup qualifier. Do you complain that the referee was out of order and biased? Do you feel a bit depressed? Or do you just say, as I think I would say, oh, never mind, they tried their best. It was only a game. Okay, have a little conversation about that one. Okay, so that, that obviously might uh, resonate a little bit with football fans there. And we'll go on to the next one because we're tight on time here. So this is another one in the car. Okay, this might have happened on the way to church even. In the car, another driver almost causes an accident and you have to stop suddenly. Do you a, open the window, shout and blast your horn at them? Nobody's going to own up to that one, are they? Certainly not on the way to church. Overtake them at the next opportunity and wave your hands at them. Or do you carry on your journey and recognize that we all make mistakes? Okay, so things to think about there. And our, I think this is our, our last one. Have a quick conversation about that one. Okay, so this is why we're not asking you the answers. Okay, so we don't want to have any um, tension in the house, in the church this morning. Okay, and our last one, last question. You can't find something that you really need now, do you throw things around your room, shouting and grumbling and blaming everybody else for having moved it or taken it or whatever? Okay. Or do you give up and storm out, still complaining and muttering? Or do you take a deep breath and start looking more carefully? Okay, have a quick conversation about that one. Okay, so what do the children think that their parents might be doing or their, yeah? What do they see happening in their house? Okay, well, hopefully, hopefully that's prompted some discussion and some discussion for later on today. So this, this week, we're talking about gentleness. Are we naturally calm or are we easily upset? We're focusing on a part of Jesus' character. 
And by looking at his character, we're able then to look at how then Jesus is with us. And we might be dis- uh, surprised to discover that Jesus is gentle with us. It doesn't matter how fragile or how struggling we are, we know how far or how far we've moved away from him. He still deals with us in a gentle and loving way. But I don't know about you, but I find it very difficult looking at this subject. And I think describing gentleness is really quite, I find it difficult. Does anybody else find it difficult? Because often it's a sign, we think of it as a sign of weakness. We might be saying to our children, be gentle with that baby, be careful, you don't want to hurt them. We might think about handling expensive things and say, oh, handle with them gently and carefully because you might get easily broken. We might say uh, about when we've got a thorn in our finger and somebody's helping to take it out, please be gentle with us. And gentleness often is associated with kindness, but it is, it is different. So here's a few quotations about gentleness. I, I quite like these. Not being overly impressed by a sense of one's self-importance. A strong hand with a soft touch. Tender, compassionate approach towards others while still speaking the truth when it's painful, but it's in a way which enables the truth to be well received. It's about love in action. And it is feeling as if it's very countercultural. It's not really the norm. We teach our children, don't we, to be positive and to be assertive and to go for the things that they want. We encourage them to do that. I know I do that with my own growing up children. But Jesus' example was certainly very different and he certainly wasn't very weak. So how does Jesus demonstrate his gentleness? And how does Jesus deal with us in a gentle way? Well, we know in the passage that uh, Peter read to us in Isaiah, we know that God is referring to Jesus as his servant. And we see in that passage as well, Jesus has an affinity for the weary and the burdened. And it talks of Jesus' gentleness where he will not shout or cry out or raise his voice. And I want you to think for a moment of all those stories that you know, of those parables and and stories and encounters Jesus had in the New Testament with so many different people and how he then dealt with them. When we think about Jairus' daughter, back from the dead, healing the woman who was bleeding, Had Jesus not been gentle with them, people wouldn't have approached him. The bleeding woman would have been too scared to touch him. Maybe Jairus might have been worried about asking Jesus to raise his child from the dead. Imagine if we were in that situation. Would we have that boldness? But it was that attractiveness of Jesus, his gentleness that enables people to come forward. And Jesus never taught his disciples 
or he never thought of his disciples or told them that they were useless or irritating, even though I am sure they were at times in their in unbelief and in their doubting. But we know that they went on to build the church. Jesus was gentle, but also strong and assertive. But when we think of Jesus, I want you to think about him as the king. And I was wondering if we could ask you, where do you think a king should be born? Where do you think a king would be born? Put your hands up if you can uh, think about where, give me some ideas about where a king would, might be born. Yep. Do you want to shout it out? In a castle. Yep. Oh, in a manger. I think he's looked at my script already. Any other ideas for a king? Yeah. Oh, in a hospital. A very good hospital. Maybe a private hospital, maybe. Anywhere else? Maybe. Let's have a look. In the palace? But no. Jesus wasn't born in a palace. He was born in a stable where animals lived that showed his humbleness but also his gentleness coming into the world not with all the fanfare and a note on the palace gates to say Jesus you have been born you've arrived no cot probably no hot water and if we were thinking if somebody really important was coming to Reading or coming to church here this morning, how do you think they would have got there? Any ideas? Would they come in our old Corsa? No, don't think so yet. Maybe coming in a carriage. Okay, they might somehow, any, any other ideas? Any other things? A helicopter. Now, that is arriving in style, yeah? Or he might have come in a Porsche or an Aston Martin or a Rolls Royce. Who knows? But he didn't arrive in Jerusalem, did he, on any of those things. He arrived on a donkey. And not just a donkey, but the foal the smallest animal that he possibly could. And we were reminded in Matthew 21.5, see your king comes to you gentle and riding on a donkey and on a colt, the fool of a donkey. So we see that Jesus throughout exhibits his gentleness. But how does he deal with us in a gentle way? And I, I love Psalm 103. I find it such an encouragement. It talks about the Lord is compassionate and gracious, slow to anger, abounding in love. He does not treat us as our sins deserve or repay us as according to our iniquities. As far as the east is from the west, so far he has removed our transgressions. This year has been a difficult one for so many people. These last few weeks have been such a difficult time for many people. And yet God is still God. 
Lord of Lords, mighty Savior. And like a broken pot, he doesn't just see the heap of broken pieces of our lives. He sees our potential and the possibility of building something beautiful and new. And that's why I really love that illustration of Kintsugi. I'm not even pronouncing it properly. But that Japanese art of restoration of pottery, where the potter takes the pieces and puts them back together again, but not just with, not just with glue, but with gold. But you know, what happens in that, and the way that Jesus does that gently, puts us back together again, is that the cracks and the scars are still visible. But they're no longer something that's ugly or shameful. They're part of the beauty that displays God's glory. Because it's in the cracks and in the scars that we see evidence of God's power to restore. Now, we're going to have a little activity, a little thing to do that I'm going to get Steve to help me with. And what I want to do in this uh, little activity is just kind of demonstrate, though, how sometimes in the brokenness we put a shell around ourselves. We put barriers up to say that actually we feel maybe numb from God. We don't feel as if we're connected with God. And we find that actually we just don't hear his voice anymore. And like that potter putting the pieces back together again, I think we'll put it on the table, Stephen, because we'll think, well, it needs to speed up a bit, I think, as well. Okay. <laughs> Let's, um, if we put it up here, do you want to bring it over quickly? So what we're going to do is we're going to, um, we're going to have some water. Now, I don't know, kids, if you want to come a bit closer that you can see what's happening if you're there now. Now, this is where I needed really the handheld mic, but, or the uh, mic, but you can see in my box, anybody want to have a look, is a block of ice. Let's hope it comes out. Just bear with me a minute while I put this down. It's it started to melt a little bit. Can you see it? Started to melt a little bit, but it's really hard, this hard exterior. And you know, sometimes in our own hearts, that's exactly what it's like. God wants to bring, through his gentle nature, wants to bring restoration for each one of us. He wants to melt the things that we put around us that stop us from connecting with him. He wants to pour out his spirit on us now. Let's see. Would you like to come and help? All right. Will you hold the microphone first? And then I'll let you do this. We're not having a picnic, don't worry. Do you come? Do you pour it out? Over the top of it. Just make sure you've got it in your hand. So what's happening? The ice is melting. The ice is, the ice is melting, but it's not completely melted, is it? So what do we need more of? Hot more hot water, maybe. Okay. Do you want to put that one in for me? And isn't that just like our own experience? 
is that sometimes God starts to melt our hearts, starts to build the pieces, but actually it's not a work that's finished. Okay. We might have needed a lot more hot water. But sometimes when we pour difficult things or we're dealing with difficult things that are hurtful and have brought us great sorrow, it just sometimes is very painful. And it's like putting salt on a wound. It's hard to deal with. And yet Jesus comes and wants to reach our hearts and for us to know him. Do you want to try a little bit of salt there and we'll see what happens? You might need quite a lot, actually. Oh, yes. What's happening now? Um, it's starting to crack. It's going to crack. Okay, and we'll leave it there for a minute. Thank you. Thank you for your help. That's great. And we'll see what happens to that. It's just like we need to ask God and be open to him to say, God, this is me. But by your loving, but by you being you and the way you've demonstrated your love for me in the past and for what you've all done for me, that you will restore me and rebuild me, but that you will break through that frozen, sometimes block, of ice. And we see that just as we kind of come in to close this morning. We see that more than anything in the parable, don't we, of the prodigal son seen in Luke 15 20. So he returned home to his father, and while he was a long way off, his father saw him coming, filled with love and compassion. He ran to his son, embraced him, and kissed him. The father demonstrated his love for his son through his compassion and his gentleness. It didn't matter how rebellious that son had been. He welcomed him home and treated him like a prince. And God is speaking. And we, as we um, prayed before this uh, service today and praying during the week, God speaks to us together in our circumstances our past is of no consequence, but we will still maybe live with the scars, but he brings those pieces together and makes something new. We are welcomed home by a loving father, but it's an invitation. It doesn't just happen. And I love that picture of Eastern shepherds because Eastern shepherds, they don't drive sheep. The sheep follow the shepherd. And that invitation is for us to follow Jesus and to know his gentleness in our lives and to know that restoration. So let's just pray. And we'll ask God to come by his Holy Spirit, and just to speak into our lives those things that he may want to put that spotlight on. Father, we just really pray now that just in these kind of rambling thoughts, 
that you will speak truth into people's lives. That we will know by your spirit you melting the things that get in the way of our connection with you. The things where we need the relationships we need to be mended. Perhaps the situations in sadness and broken fragility that we feel that we need to be healed. And you come as King and Lord, but you come as our gentle Savior. So as we worship, we just pray, Lord, that you would speak to each one of us. Put that spotlight on that block of ice that may need to be melted. And that we would live and know you and be in a deeper relationship with you. Amen.